Artlist.io Every single day I feel the pressure. Let's go. Welcome back. Welcome back to the What He Made Of show here. That one studio. It's your boy C-Rock. I'm in a building with another great guest today, Dr. Amanda Hansen. I, I, I want to introduce you guys to Dr. Amanda. Actually, just to let you guys know, I connected with her on Instagram, and I do a lot of reach out on Instagram. I, think, I don't think there's anybody that does it like I do. Um, there's a lot of people that spam and send bulk messages and all this, but I, like the intentionality that I have and the commitment and consistency that I have with this is amazing. And the reason, folks, is because I was on lockdown in the pandemic, just like all of us, and I just refused to stop talking to people. So I started DMing people, uh, genuinely trying to connect, not spamming them, and amazing things started to happen. And this is when Zoom started to get popular, and I was trying to figure out what can I do with these messages or with the people that I'm messaging and I said, you know what? Nobody's going to say no to a 15-minute call. And so I started directing people to a 15-minute call. And, I mean, I've helped people. I've built relationships. I've started businesses with people. It's just been amazing. And now I teach others how to do this. So Dr. Amanda's in the house with us today, and I actually met her through this process. And so let me introduce her. She is a doctor who has crafted a one-of-a-kind approach that blends traditional psychology with time-tested holistic methods to help women heal from emotional traumas and break free from destructive patterns. Her content gathers millions of views every month. She's a mom of four and has been married for 27 years and is among one of the most famous influencers in midlife. Dr. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Yeah, I uh, I, I did a good job with that little little uh, edit that we talked about. <laughs> so anyway, uh, listen, uh, we, this show's all about the ingredients that have gone into making my guests who they are. We start the show the same way every time, and that is with this question that's written back here. What are you made of? I am made of the connection to this really old and ancient wisdom that I don't think a lot of modern day women are tapped into. And so I am made of the ability to keep speaking it and spreading this mission and this work to show other women that this message lies within them as well. And it's been dormant. And once it comes activated, that they have the answers to every aspect of their life that they've been searching for, but they've just been sourcing in a more modern world where us as women, there's this beautiful ancient knowing that we have been completely um, campaigned out of trusting. So I am made of the ability to speak in places where most women play into systems to keep everybody comfortable and happy. And I am, I am the antithesis of that. I am made of a tenacity that is unmatched for most women my age. Yes, yeah, stand out. It's okay to stand out is what you're saying. Uh, it, it's imperative that we do, all of us. Yeah. Now, I'm, I want to get into your story, but before I do that, I, something just came to my mind. It seems like there's a lot of ladies mm -hmm. and men too, but like we're talking about women right now, that are trying to stand out and may not be doing it in the right manner. They're doing it in ways to get attention. Mm-hmm. In a, in a different matter. So where, where do you, where do you work with women? And because again, I think some of it comes from trauma or lack of attention from their parents or from their father, for example, but where do you, where do you draw that line of standing out versus just trying to get attention and doing it necessarily maybe in the wrong way? Yeah, I think what I call that is posing for the patriarchy. So I see a lot of women my age who are calling themselves midlife influencers, but they're still playing by the rules uh, that have been written by men for a man's world. And so they're posing for the attention of patriarchalized women and for men. 
my approach is very different. My approach is this old, ancient kind of crone wisdom that gathers the women around and, like I said in the beginning, brings them to their own old, ancient knowing. Because everything that women need, whether it's healing from trauma as a child, which I had to do, whether it's abandonment from a parent, which I have from a parent, which I had to get over, whether it's marriage issues, child rearing, building a business, dealing with aging in a world that says you should not ever age, especially as a woman. Um, all of these things, the answers to all of it are not outside of yourself, but we have been bred and raised as women to not trust and hear our intuition. So we're running around asking everyone else for directions to our lives, getting further and further away from our own truth and in a vicious cycle of misery. It goes on and on and on for my clients. And so for me, it's quieting the outside noise teaching them how to tap and look inside. Every healing they need, every answer, every beautiful truth is inside of them. It's not in a product. It's not in something that someone else can provide them in a relationship. It's always from within. And that's the most beautiful way to source for yourself, for your business, and in relationships. It makes you such a joy to be in a relationship with when you're not this needy, clawing, constantly seeking outside of yourself energy. It's a powerful dynamic that women have not been taught. So my work teaches women how to do that. Really source from within. Yeah. So you're, are you mixing science with spirituality with this? Yeah. I mean, science in terms of like, are we looking at research? I mean, I have my doctorate. I went to nine years of upper education. Not a single class taught me or taught me how to teach my clients how to source from within and how to love themselves. So a lot of this is not based on anything I learned in graduate school or my 20 years of practicing traditional armchair psychology. This came from me several years ago saying to women who were sitting in the chair in my office, stand up. Let's do this together. We're going we're gonna to start screaming. We're going to start like really raging right now. And they would look at me. I turn off all the lights and we would start screaming. I'd give them like something really hard to pull on and rip and shred. And I, what I started to see happen is all of this started to transmute all of this energy and things started moving through women's bodies. They started vomiting in buckets and like all this poison out of them. It's wow. women don't need anymore. Like let's sit and just let's sit and look pretty. And smile enough or put on the, you know, put on the whatever and yeah. hope that it's all going to get better if I just find the right person to marry me. It's like we're looking in all the wrong places. So I teach women how to get really primal and move through all of this that they have had a lid on so tight that they feel like their head's going to blow off. So, yeah, my work is science. Some people, science, I don't know. The science lives within us. It's, it's beyond, it's 5,000 years old. That's what I know to be true. I've watched women heal from things that they'd spent 25 years working with another therapist on. And after a handful of sessions, because I'm going to this old ancient primal place within them, I'm not coming from the cerebral space. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to be in that room when you tell them to scream and stuff. <laughs> Why not? It's beautiful. I don't know. I think I might be scared, especially with the lights off. I don't know. <laughs> so powerful. It's so no, I'm sure it's uh, listen, I'm sure it's powerful and I'm I, I'm sure it works. I just don't know if I want to hear it because <laughs> I might be scared. Anyway, um no, but listen, this is this is phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> this is phenomenal. I love this. And uh, you know, I'm a big big proponent of, you know, outside the box thinking, so to speak, and also staying away from drugs. Um what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, are you are you against 
I run retreats around the world and I had one in Costa Rica recently. I just had one in Miami two weeks ago. And the people who are the kind of my, my go between who don't work for me, but are the between me and the hotel, me and the resort would always say to me, we, we could hear down the hall what was happening with all the women. And you're trying to tell me you don't give them ayahuasca. I'm like, we take nothing. I, I, I don't, I've never been on an antidepressant, anti-anxiety in my life and I, nothing against them. I have very strong feelings and opinions, but, um, most of my clients who come to me are on something and end up getting off of it. Not because I suggest it, but want to feel again, they've been so numb for so long. I don't believe uh, that we, the keys that we hold within us, you don't need. If somebody wants to take a plant medicine, fantastic. That's wonderful. I'll do respect to them. But I know how to get women there. Give me two days. I will take them on a journey that will get them there within the first probably seven hours of being with me for two days because I hold that ancient medicine within me. And so I, I walk them on this journey that gets them there. I awaken everything in them that's been lying dormant for, like I said, 5,000 years. In matriarchal societies, this is how women used to heal. Yeah. And to me, if we're living... We need these emotions that come up. We need to experience these random things that come up, but be proficient in handling them and directing them and converting them. And, oh, if you, yeah. and what the drugs do to, you know, I've seen it. I, listen, my grandmother passed away from overprescription of uh, antidepressant medicine. I'm not sure which one it was. And she passed away because of it. She, she overdosed on purpose, I believe. And uh, I saw it with my mom, my uncles. A lot of people in my life, I, I witnessed what there's, and, and eventually they're like zombies. Yeah. And I'm like, what kind of life is that? Why would you want to live that way? And you know why you know? that is, Mike? Because we don't know what to do with people who have big feelings. We don't know what to do. When I have a client who's been severely traumatized or abused at some point in her young childhood, that was never meant to be numbed. That was also never meant to just sit and have talk therapy about it for a couple of sessions. That was meant to get on the floor and feel it and rage through that violation. And we don't feel that humans can handle that. So we just medicate them, put them in a corner and numb them. And of course, the you know, psychopharmacological companies profit billions and billions of dollars a year by everybody being numb and addicted. Yep. Well, uh, I had another thing to say about that, but I forgot what it was now. But let's move on to your story. Um, yeah. I'll think of the thing I was thinking of, but, um, your story where you, you mentioned abandonment, you things you had to get over and take us back. And where did your story start? And like some of the things that you experienced? Yeah, I think for me, my capacity for humanity is almost unexplainable. Um, and I think it started really, I believe it was rooted in this 10 year old little girl in me as I watched my dad walk out the door and never return again. And two years before he died, which was two years ago, um, I, my husband found him and after speaking to me and getting permission from me, brought him to our home for five days. And I was able to choose, it was, it was a decision. I was able to choose to make those five days with my father feel like a lifetime of having a father. So I made it feel like, not because I'm coming from a place of delusion, but because I wanted to anchor into feeling what a daughter-father relationship could be. So I've experienced extreme heartbreak all those years of him, me trying to contact him and him not responding and going through life, feeling that loss. Then I came full circle and made a very conscious choice and decision to forgive, not from a place of 
forgetting, but from, I want to know one time before I die, what it feels like to sit and have a conversation with my father. I want to know what it feels like to soften. I want to know what it feels like to surrender to someone who consciously like surrender to someone who's caused me a great deal of confusion and pain in my life. And at the same exact time, like had that situation, I love who I am and had that situation not happened. I wouldn't be who I am right now. And so I, I sat with the nuance of that and everything that happened is also what made me the woman that I am now. So for that, I was able to table the really profound pain and sit with who is this man? What was he so afraid of? Why was he so incapable? And see it through that lens. And, I, and in that way, it was one of the most profound healing experiences of my life. <laughs> I can relate to this and I understand that journey that, Hey, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, not getting anything back. Um, you know, I used to go up to Pennsylvania to my dad used to be, well, he was a Mason and I would go. And when I was in Pennsylvania, I would be driving by these sites, these, these construction sites. And if they were at the stage where a Mason would be there, I would always look for his truck. Mm -hmm. And then I would always imagine like, Hey, pulling up to the job site just to walk up and see him and, 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 and do it, you know? And I'd I always, you know, well, I, one thing that sticks in my head with this is like, I remember a chimney going up on this house and I driving by and seeing the chimney and I was always looking to see if it was like one of my dad's guys or if he was up there. Or, so I remember that, that search feeling and, um, man, that's wild. And then to have him come to your house for five days and then, then, and like you said, choose to experience that. And I have a daughter right now that she's 11 and I can't imagine leaving and walking out on her. I can't imagine what it would take to do that. Like I would put up with so much crap. My wife's beautiful. Amazing. No, I'm not. But I wouldn't, I, I would have to put up with, I would put up with so much from her just to stay in their lives. Like I can't even, I can't even fathom that. So I don't know. But anyway, thank and you for I sharing that. But my dad, you know, I said something like he had spilled a coffee, an iced coffee, and I would, got down on, it was within the first probably 45 minutes that we were together and we were in a, a public place. And I got down in this very busy public place on my knees and I grabbed all these napkins and I got down on my knees and I was cleaning up the front of his pants and just cleaning him up. And he touched my shoulder and he was crying. And he said, I have no idea why you're being so kind to me. Yes. And there I was on my knees in this very crowded public coffee shop. And I looked up at him and I remember saying, because dad, I'm sure that not having me in your life hurt you as much as it, it had to have. And for whatever reason, we couldn't find our way to each other, but we're here now. And this yeah. feels the right thing for me to be doing is to be cleaning up your pants. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I was thinking about too, when you were talking about that is like what went through his mind, you know, I had an opportunity. I was at a wedding uh, for a cousin of mine. And this is after like, I reunited with my father for a little while before my stepmother got away again, <laughs> but it's a long story. But like, I remember him telling me, I just thought you were better off uh, going the route I did. And, uh, yeah. And I'm like, man, maybe, you know, I might not be who I am today without you, like you said. So, it, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's wild. Now, now going beyond that, after your father left, like, did you have a teenage years where you rebelled a little bit or did you get like, were you a wild child for a little while or no? I never did. <laughs> I never got in trouble. Yeah. I was a speech and debate team in high school. I was, I was a good kid really because, um, I saw how much my mom was struggling and my mom had no formal education. And now all of a sudden my mom was left with two kids to fend for keeping the electricity on. And, you know, we were on food stamps doing the best we could to get by, but I knew that 
one more thing would break my mom. And I was, we were raised old school Italian and there was this sense of like really needing to kind of protect her. And so, no, I was a really good kid, actually. I mean, I did have kind of a badass motorcycle driving boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. It's not always, you know, there's, some, there's had to be something. There had to be something. I don't know. By, by the way, where did you grow up? Youngstown, Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah. My brother went to uh, play baseball there. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, no, I, I had like a little bit of, a, not it. even a streak, but I did have this boyfriend for five years and, but I, we really cared about each other. And, you know, we were both trying to find our way. Um, we were both coming from situations that were not ideal and we did the best we could, but it was probably not always the healthiest relationship. Okay. So I think we, what we were talking about was, uh, getting back and then, our, uh, you know, having the, the father, our fathers, when they, when they have done something, we, we, think about our part of it, but also how they can live with themselves and making those decisions, right. Of like thinking maybe we're better off, you know, that, like, like, can we talk about that for a second? Like, what do you think goes through parents' minds when they do leave and how they justify? Is it, is it something that like they provide some kind of thought or belief and it's just to justify their decision and it makes them be able to live with their decision? What are I your thoughts? I think that could be it. I remember thinking, I think there's a variety of reasons why people leave. I remember thinking, gosh, I wish my dad was a drug addict. I wish he was an alcoholic. I wish he had mental illness, but he actually chose to leave and move three miles down the street and start a new family. So I would still see him out in the world in public from afar. And that was crushing for my spirit. So I remember wishing there was something, um, but he was very capable and living a pretty high functioning life. So we were just he, someone he chose not to have in his life, which hurt really bad. Um, but I do think, you know, the way he explained it to me was I felt I was in a position where I really had to choose. And I think he chose, he did, he chose that woman that he loved and she wanted to start a family with him. And part of the condition was you'll have to forget about everything that came first. And so I think there was a weakness. If I'm being totally honest for this particular situation, I think there was a weakness and he wasn't, um, able to be man enough to choose to have both. And I, and, but I do also believe that there are some parents who probably deeply believe that they will cause more harm than good. And they justify their exit or their lack of contact in that way. And then I just think for some, it's like lack of responsibility or wanting to grow up and, and do the hard thing and, and make the hard choices and the sacrifices. And so maybe years later, they justify it with some blanket statement of, oh, I thought it was better for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I think it's debatable. I think there's, I think it's so deeply difficult to uncover and humanity and the, and the decisions human beings make. It's, it's never just one simple, easy thing. It's very complicated. Right. right. Yeah. Now, did you ever have a step parent in your life? Stepdad? No, my mom didn't marry until after yeah. I was out of the house. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask, cause there's dynamics with the step parents. That's a totally different thing. And let me tell you. I can only imagine. I was fortunate that I did not. And not to say that that can't be really beautiful as well. I yeah. just was fortunate to not have to be in that situation until I moved out. Yeah. And then, so as your years went on, you went to school, got your doctorate degree and uh, your PhD, or is it your doctorate? What, yeah. what, what did it be called? Same Doctor. thing. Same thing. Okay. Same thing. And you got that. And then, and then from there, did you know exactly what you wanted to do? I knew what I wanted to do in eighth grade. Yeah. Okay. But then when did it turn into the holistic side? 
It turned into the holistic side when I was living, when I became a mother, I started living my life very holistically for a variety of reasons that came, decisions that were coming towards me. And I was really getting behind understanding what I was saying yes or no to for, on behalf of my children, which then had me, I already had a profound sense of intuition way before that, but I was often disregarding it or thinking like, oh, that's kind of weird, Amanda, like that you're feeling that. How would you even explain that choice to someone? So I often would override my intuition and make decisions that often didn't land me in a place that was super aligned with my life. But then something about became becoming a mother um, that really led me down this path of massive intuition following where had other people thinking I might be crazy. Every time I followed the intuition, it led to the most amazing places and life for all of us. And it just got stronger and stronger. And I've been a mother for 23 years now. And so it just got stronger and stronger, which then just obviously went into every other aspect of my life where I started leading our marriage very differently. I started leading in my profession very differently in my relationships with my friends, with my mother, and everything just had this beautiful blossoming. At first there was resistance. Um, from people around and some people fell away and have never come back and and that was fine as well. Um, but it just for me became so clear that the way I had been living was more in this very masculine energy. Well, I use my masculine energy to run my business. I knew that it was the feminine energy that was something that unexplainable. And so it's not something you can put on a graph or a chart. And so um, it felt for a while scary to follow it. What what's a specific thing like that would be an intuition download? Like, give me, can you think of one off the top of your head early on, or I can give you some. Well, okay, the the very first one was there was nothing about giving birth in a hospital that felt natural to me. I'm like, women have been doing this forever. I don't want to give birth, and you know, everyone around me thought I was crazy. So I started really studying and understanding the female body and what happens and working with my body. I did not go to a hospital. I did have my children naturally. Um, I, when it was time to start vaccinating our children, you know, I just started like really understanding all the chemicals that were going into their bodies and looking at the rates of all the, the new things that were happening to children so young that we never had before we had all the preservatives and vaccines. Um, those things, you know, more organic, holistic ways of eating, being, um, just so many things. And when even you, what, I started with my clients. Yeah. When, when you had your, your children, as you were going through your first, pre, uh, your first birth, did the thought cross your mind as the pain was hitting that, uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have did this at all. Maybe it was like that bad or anything or no. It was the most excruciating pain I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. But when I had that thought and feeling, I thought, and this is pain with a purpose. This okay, pain yeah. is here. This isn't just another day. I don't want to be numbed out and just have experiencing this, like, you know, a, 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 another day in my life. I want to feel this. I want to learn how to work with the power of my body. And I then understood that this was a rite of passage that I would not have been able to access for me if I'd not been in that really intense place because it took me to a place I didn't even understand I had that kind of capacity. And so it took me to a place of trust in myself and advocacy for my children and down the road that I know was building the woman I was becoming. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how, how did your husband take the uh, intuition thing when you first started talking to him about it, when you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm having these downloads. I'm I'm having this information. I want to make sure like, yeah. Can you take us through that part? Cause obviously 
great relationships, 27 years or longer, you know, you have to have some kind of alignment and synergy that's going on. So. Absolutely. I think at first it was a little bit scary to him. You know, he didn't really understand. Like uh, when my son was nine and he had all these food allergies, I had found we were living in Boulder, Colorado at the time. I found a natural healer, not a doctor, very little experience, a natural healer in Boston. And I said, I'm going to pack up my stuff and I'm going to go with the kids because he had to stay in Colorado to work. I'm going to go and live there for a year and do this healing and this treatment. There's been a book written wow. about it and everything. And he said, well, where's the data? Where's the fact? She's not a medical doctor. And I said, well, the medical community isn't providing us with any way to heal our child. I'm going to go and do it. And it's healing with energy. I went one year later. He'd had seven ambulance rides, 27 food allergies, endless anaphylactic attacks. Oh, and my gosh. You live like a child in a bubble. Like it was really terrifying. Yeah. I packed up. I went. I homeschooled. Uh, we did this intensive, intensive healing. He's 23 now. He has never had a single allergy reaction. He doesn't. He hasn't had an EpiPen in over 15 years. He is ready to graduate college and says to me regularly, "Mom, I can't imagine my life if you'd not done that." But when I was packing up to leave and the moving truck was pulling up to take half the furniture to this little apartment I was moving into, my husband's like, "Our marriage will not survive this." And I'm like, "Then our marriage was not meant to be if it cannot survive this." Wow. To heal my child, so and I can answer that question. Yeah, and I came back, and you know, ever since, actually, my daughter was home visiting us this weekend from college, and and she, as she's becoming this very, you know, intuitive, she's going to be twenty one, and she really follows her intuition, and she said, Dad. Do you, do you realize the power of what mom's been channeling all these years? Because now as I'm coming into the space of trusting my own more and more, I feel unstoppable as a woman. And so he looked at both of us and he said, I, I do. He's like, at it, it, first it feels scary because we want to see everything on a graph, on a line chart. We want to see, explain how A and plus B equals C. And feminine intuition doesn't work like that. It's, and that's why women started being controlled 5,000 years ago, because the power and the mystery is so unexplainable that it really comes from a place of trust. And now we just have decades and decades of experience with extreme circumstances that have come up for our family, our extended family, that I've led through my intuition that has been so beautiful. And that's what this work brings women into. That's so awesome. All right. So what's the vision from here? By the way, I'm going to have my wife reach out to you because my daughter, she's 10, no, 11. She has a peanut allergy and other things. And oh, you've got to go see Amy. Her name yeah, is well, Amy. I'll, yep, do it. I'm going to let my wife handle that part because like, she'll be all over it. And then I have some friends that have th – their daughter's like it's it's miserable, like problems with their skin all the time. And it's just like how did you don't have to live like that. Then why are you, you know? So, yeah, I'll uh, I'll have her reach out. But so what, where, are you, where are you going from here? What's the vision – because look, if you're like me, and I think you are to, to a degree, you're always innovating and creating and causing futures, right? So what's next? So I have been invited on some of the, the greatest stages. Some I've said yes to, some I've said no to. And what I have come to learn very quickly is that um, my message in the way that I want to deliver it, everybody wants to shave a little bit of it off, wants to craft it just to be a little bit more palatable. And so I'm building the matriarchal stage, you know, and so I'm launching something November 30th that's going to be this gorgeous global membership because I have clients literally on almost every single continent. And um, I that it's amazing and beautiful. It's very, very um, high-end ticket. But I'm now going to be offering something for women that is affordable across the world that is going to be this beautiful community platform that is then going to be me supporting them live through you know, every month, but then also at the once a year, a place where we gather for three days and do all of this beautiful work. Because 
This is the only way I see getting this message to thousands, millions, eventually, of women. And so making my work more accessible to the masses. I love it. All right, guys. This is uh, Dr. Amanda Hansen with us today. Dr. Amanda, thank you so much. I appreciate your patience with the technical difficulties. We'll get this worked out and fixed. And I uh, appreciate you being here. I am so happy to have been here. Thanks uh, for having me. And by the way, where's the best place for them to reach you? Midlife Muse on Midlife. Instagram and TikTok. Okay, Midlife Muse. All right, guys, thank you so much for being here, consuming this content with us, whether you're viewing or listening. I appreciate you. I love you. Make sure that you keep coming back as we continue to bring great guests to share their journeys to success, which obviously is invisible for the most part. We're exposing that here on the What Are You Made Of show live from That One Studios. It's your boy, C-Rock. Until next time, be that one. Every single day I feel it. Artlist.io. Every single day I feel the passion. When I don't work, it's beginning.